Vigorous Steve here. So Dr. Mindy Peltz has been making the rounds claiming that fasting increases total testosterone levels by 1300%. That's 1300% gains, baby. Do we even need? And clomiphene monotherapy or ATG monotherapy or testosterone replacement therapy or cola replacement therapy, tobacco replacement therapy. Apparently cola and tobacco can also raise testosterone levels or full-blown hormone replacement therapy, actual steroid cycles, forget about it. All you need to do is stop eating, you get 1,300% increase in total testosterone levels. The scientific evidence is um, a little bit different, though. It says about 13% increase, because otherwise you would have to go from 46 nanograms per deciliter to 600 nanograms per deciliter. That's pretty close to the average testosterone level of the modern man. Um, so a lot of educators have already kind of debunked these statements by Dr. Mindy Peltz. They've grasped and latched their talents into this statement and debunked it with the scientific evidence. But the difference between all of the other educators and yours truly is that I actually do fasting frequently, basically every quarter, four times per year. I don't eat. I fast for five and a half days, 132 hours from Sunday evening to Saturday morning, after which I always do blood work. I basically do blood work every single month. So I have longitudinal data of my total testosterone levels and all of my other sex hormones and neurosteroids, which you can test. So I can show you that fasting increases testosterone levels, um, at least anecdotally. But before we get into it, please like the video, leave a comment for the algorithm, and consider subscribing if you haven't already. And if you want to support the channel, you can do so by joining either the YouTube or Patreon memberships, where you can vote for upcoming deep dives or join the weekly vigorous Q&A, which is always on Saturday. So let's have a look at my blood work results before we start diving into the scientific literature, which is very very old and extremely limited. Besides intermittent fasting, there's a lot of scientific evidence regarding intermittent fasting. But when it comes to actual real fasting for multiple days in duration and the effect on total testosterone levels or other sex hormones and neurosteroids, only two studies that we can pull from. So I have a lot more longitudinal data on my blood work results going back to December 4th, 2022. And before that, I would do blood work every single month as well, but I was on a pretty hefty cycle of testosterone, nandrolone, uh, primabolin, and mastrone as well. So let's start with December 4th, 2022, when I was still running testosterone, anthate, primabolin, nandrolone, and mastrone. My total testosterone levels at that time were 1252.61 nanograms per deciliter, also running 500 IUs HCG three times per week, after which I removed the nandrolone, primabolin, and mastrone, and I increased the ATG from 500 IOs three times per week to 1,083 IOs three times per week, and switching from urine-purified ATG to recombinant ATG from Merck Ovitrol. I've been running that ever since then, so that's a little bit over seven months that I've been using recombinant ATG for my fertility protocol, which is now uh, slowly coming to a conclusion. Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed for good news going forward. So on January 27th, 2023, my total testosterone increased from, uh, let's say 1250 to 1800 nanograms per deciliter while keeping my testosterone anatate dose exactly the same, 312.5 milligrams per week, right? With daily subcutaneous micro-administration. So the increase and the switch from urine purified HCG 500 IUs three times per week to 1000 IUs, give or take, recombinant HCG, increasing my total testosterone levels with approximately 600 nanograms per deciliter. Now, between December 4th and January 27th, I believe it was the first week or second week of January, I did a fast for five and a half days, but I didn't directly test my serum testosterone levels and all of the other 
uh, metabolic markers which you should check after fasting for such a long time um, because I do it so frequently, so I don't always feel like doing before and after blood work results. Still, in this context, increasing the HCG with same dosages of testosterone, testosterone levels went up quite significantly, almost 600 nanograms per deciliter. But after dropping the testosterone to, let's say, 156.3 milligrams per week, so that's half an ampule Bayer test of iron per week, on February 26, 2023, my total testosterone levels were only, only, 1,400.14 nanograms per deciliter. And um, you see a steep increase over time, right, from January 27th to February 26th by increasing to um, 1,000 IUs recombinant ATG. Then my estradiol levels went from 31 to 69 to 86 picograms per milliliter. So after that, I came off all exogenous testosterone and testosterone derivatives and solely relied on recombinant ATG and urine purified HMG, which I switched out later on for recombinant FSH. So on March 26th, after being off a testosterone replacement therapy, my testosterone levels declined to 654 nanograms per deciliter and my estradiol came back down to, let's say, 33 picograms per milliliter. Um, DHA sulfate also reduced because I was supplementing DHA and pregnenolone on cycle and I removed that going forward. You see that my SHBG came up significantly from, let's say, an average of 13 to 16 nanomoles per liter on cycle to 38.1 nanomoles per liter off cycle, but still using uh, fertility medications for overall fertility purposes. Then on April 1st, a week later, not a joke, guys, not a joke, I fasted for five and a half days using a little bit of vegetables for intestinal mass and fiber to help with de detoxification. The protocol didn't change but my testosterone levels increased to 876.72 nanograms per deciliter. Free testosterone stayed pretty much the same. Bioavailable testosterone stayed pretty much the same. Estradiol stayed pretty much the same. Uh, DHA sulfate also pretty much the same, but my SHBG went from 38.1 to 63.2 nanomoles per liter. So you see that total testosterone increased with 34% in as little as one week, but SHBG, also increased with almost 66%. So even though total testosterone levels go up, did I notice any difference by having more free testosterone, more bioavailable testosterone? Did my libido improve? Did I feel uh, more cognitive, more sense of well-being, more driven, uh, more masculine, more alpha? Not in any way, shape or form, but that's also because you don't eat for five and a half days. So even though total testosterone levels went up in a very cruel joke of nature, and this happens every single time you do a fast, the longer you fast, the higher your SHBG levels will go. When I did a fasting mimicking diet for six weeks in duration, eating vegetables only with a refeed in the weekend to resolve my non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which I did about two years ago, my serum testosterone levels were about 400 to 430 nanograms per deciliter, SHBG 100 to 130 nanomoles per liter. So all of that testosterone, the little amount of total testosterone that I had, all bound up in SHBG. And it's the same that is happening here. Even though testosterone levels are going up, it's all being bound up with an increased levels of SHBG. Same thing happened on July 6th to August 12th. That's, uh, of course, a month difference. I didn't recheck my total testosterone before and after the fast, which took place last week. So there's, um, you know, a little bit of a discrepancy of a month here, but the results are pretty similar. On July 6th, my total testosterone was 660 nanograms per deciliter. And on August 12th, 891.73 nanograms per deciliter, an increase 
of 35.2%. So in two occasions, right, anecdotal evidence from yours truly, in two occasions, fasting increased my total testosterone level with approximately or an average of 34.6%. But July 6th, my SHBG was 45.2 nanomoles per liter. And on August 12th, 73.8 nanomoles per liter. That's an increase of 63.3%. So it increased a little bit less than the previous time. And thus, uh, my total testosterone levels went up a little bit more. Right? So let's say an average of a 64.6% increase in SHBG in both times that I was fasting. So basically, long story short, using this anecdotal evidence with two data points and the scientific evidence, which is very limited and kind of outdated, using some dubious extrapolation, the reason why total testosterone levels are going up is because SHBG is going up, which again is a common occurrence with prolonged fasting. All of this testosterone is bound up in SHBG and thus has a less likelihood to convert into estradiol through the aromatized enzymes or into dihydrotestosterone through the 5-alpha reductase enzymes or being metabolized or glucuronidated through other pathways and marked for excretion. And you can see this as free testosterone and bioavailable testosterone doesn't really change in both instances while I was fasting. But to be fair, it's important to mention that there is an outlier in these results. You see that my serum estradiol levels went down from 45 to 40 picograms per milliliter over the course of five weeks. Now, that's probably because there's such a long time in between serum estradiol measurements. Again, my sincere apologies that I didn't check my neurosteroids and sex hormones before I started this fast on August 7th. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of discrepancy here. It's a reduction of 11 to 12%. But in all of the other results, I would say that free testosterone, bioavailable testosterone, and estradiol levels are pretty much similar. And you might have noticed that DHA sulfate levels have been steadily declining ever since I came off cycle and I discontinued the DHA and pregnenolone supplementation. So on December 4th, my DHA sulfate was as high as 490 micrograms per deciliter. And now as of August 12th, 97.9, so let's say 100 micrograms per deciliter, a reduction, a retracement of 80%, looks like the Bitcoin chart. So, um, you know, based on my protocol with recombinant HCG and recombinant FSH, I would say that the adrenal glands are more receptive to luteinizing hormone compared to HCG, whether that's uh, recombinant HCG or urine purified HCG. In my case, this sole instance, DHA sulfate levels are going down to the point I'm ready to start supplementing with 25 milligrams exogenous DHEA to increase these neural steroid levels. So that's exactly what I'm going to do going forward. I'm confident that the exogenous HCG and FSH is um, going to sustain my fertility parameters quite favorably, which is already um, astronomically good and favorable, I would say. Okay, so this is basically my blood work results. So let's have a look at the scientific evidence, starting with intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, especially a recent study which was published on April 22nd of 2022 titled Effects of Intermittent Fasting on Reproductive Hormone Levels in Females and Males, a review of human trials published in Nutrients and performed by Sinfugos et al. This review paper shows that intermittent fasting in various iterations has a deleterious effects on androgen levels on reproductive health of both women and men. For men, intermittent fasting reduced testosterone levels in lean, physically active young males, but did not affect SHBG concentrations. So the difference between long-term fasting, real fasting, 
And intermittent fasting with a eating window of, let's say, eight hours, six hours, four hours, that's basically OMAD, one meal per day. Um, in those cases, uh, SSBG levels seem to be non-affected or insignificantly affected, but total testosterone, free testosterone levels do decline quite steeply. Interestingly, muscle mass and muscular strength were not negatively affected by these reductions in testosterone levels. On the other hand, fasting may be shown to decrease androgens among males, which could negatively affect metabolic health and libido. And again, that's in the long term. So I would highly recommend you to read this review paper of all of the scientific evidence which has been performed on intermittent fasting over the last couple of decades. I'll link all of the studies down below. Um, and let's get into the two studies performed on fasting in males in regards to serum testosterone levels. The first one is from 1986, performed by Tengelman et al. titled Peripheral Hormone Levels in Healthy Subjects During Controlled Fasting. So here you can see in the graphs in the results of this study that they measured the changes compared to baseline in percentages. So you see the percentage in change of total testosterone, SHGBG, and free testosterone levels in group B, C, and D. Group B were after three days of decreasing food intake, so whether that was intermittent fasting or restricted caloric intake. C is immediately after seven days of controlled fasting, and D is one week after the fasting period has already ended, and food has been reintroduced in a similar caloric and macro breakdown as before. That's at baseline reading. You see that after three days of decreasing food intake, whether that's IF or caloric restriction, that total testosterone in both women and men went down, while SHBG went up, and that's more in men compared to women. But after seven days of controlled fasting, testosterone in both men and women went up, more in women compared to men. SHBG went up significantly, let's say uh, over 150, maybe even 200% in both women and men. And then after reintroducing the food, um, some interesting results, testosterone levels went up yet again. And in the results, the researchers note that there's no statistically significant changes found in total testosterone levels, but the relative levels are illustrated in figure three in order to facilitate the discussion, which is basically what I just did for the last couple of minutes. A strong, highly significant increase in SCSBG was found in both sexes immediately after fasting. And in women, this increase remained one week after fasting. So even though food was reintroduced in the female subjects, SHBG was still elevated. How poor their libido was, we'll probably never know. And another study I want to highlight, also pretty old from 1987, performed by Roortmark, titled Influence of Short-Term Fasting on the Pituitary Testicular Axis in Normal Men. This study showed that the difference between an eight-hour fast and a 56-hour fast, so after eight hours is basically overnight fasting after not eating for eight hours while you're sleeping. That's not a real fasting. You do it every single day. We're mostly interested in the 56-hour results. You see that between eight to 56 hours, total testosterone levels went down, while estradiol levels stayed pretty much the same. Luteinizing hormone went down and follicle stimulating hormone also went down, while blood glucose levels also went down, which is normal if you're not eating, serum glucose levels are going to go down. So this is only the difference between an eight hour fast and overnight fast compared to a 56 hour fast, which is almost two and a half days. Here they note in the results that group C had a basal serum LH of 7.4 IUs per liter, which decreased to 4.8 IUs per liter 
over a 46 hours of food deprivation. Serum testosterone also fell significantly during this period from 770 to 570 nanograms per deciliter. I did the conversion, so it's a little bit more relatable. Now it gets interesting. Gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone stimulation after the overnight fast induced a maximal luteinizing hormone increasement of 22.6 IUs per liter. So that's um, how much percent increase from 7.4 to 22.6 IUs per liter. Uh, clearly, these guys were drug free. Uh, most enhanced individuals would never see an LH that high when they use gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone. So good on them and the corresponding lh increment obtained after a fasting period of 56 hours was significantly larger 35.9 ius per liter so from 7.4 to 35.9 ius per liter that's a huge boost in luteinizing hormone levels gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone failed to induce an acute release of testosterone after the overnight fast so uh basically lh levels aren't really responsive in this context after fasting for eight hours overnight, but raised testosterone levels significantly above baseline when given after the 56-hour fast. Moreover, the gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone elicited testosterone incremental area was significantly larger after the prolonged fast compared to the one obtained after the overnight fast. So basically, let's digest this. Let's make it a little bit easier to understand. Exogenous Gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone increasing luteinizing hormone levels after prolonged fasting for let's say two and a half days can increase total testosterone levels similarly to how urine purified or recombinant HCG human chorionic gonadotropin replacing the luteinizing hormone signal can increase total testosterone levels while fasting for longer periods of time as shown in my blood work results increasing my total testosterone levels by approximately 34 to 35%. But if you're going to do long-term fasting, at least over two days in duration, without exogenous gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone or recombinant or urine purified human chorionic gonadotropin in the picture to elicit a testosterone response from the testicles, then your testosterone levels are probably going to go down quite dramatically the longer you fast. So keep that in mind, fasting does not doesn't increase total testosterone levels it does increase shbg levels and without some sort of exogenous stimulation on the testicles in place testosterone levels will go down and you won't feel as good as you did before the fasting will it improve your overall metabolic markers yes it will will it improve your overall intestinal health yes it will will it create perseverance and uh, determination and this grit and this hard-earned control over your appetite of course it will, but it won't increase your total testosterone levels. Otherwise, all of these TRT clinics out there would instruct you to stop eating for a week and then come back and magically your total testosterone levels are super physiological, or at least to the middle top of the reference range, right? You still need HCG or GnRH or actual testosterone to bring your total testosterone levels up quite significantly. I hope it was informative and hope it gives you some food for thought. Don't listen to these grannies that claim all kinds of things by simply abstaining from foods um, regarding your sex hormone levels. I fast um, every three months or every four months out of the year, give or take, for five and a half days. It does wonders for my overall health, but it doesn't do anything for my total testosterone levels if I wasn't using HCG. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can find everything that I'm associated with down below in the YouTube description section. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. 
at Vigor Steve. A front double bicep for the Vigor Screw. You guys know what to do. Even though I was fasting, um, these can still look quite good. But I will say that fasting is pretty brutal without actual exogenous testosterone in the picture. I got much better results regarding fat loss with a little bit of exogenous testosterone. Still, fat loss was pretty good. I'm starting to look better, but still not as good as they did on cycle. But let's see what happens going forward. For now, we're out of time. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.